This is Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. Every episode, we take a closer look at companies who are getting customer experience right from over the phone, social, apps, or in person. There are some companies that are just really good at this. What are they doing differently to make great customer experience happen? Listen in and find out. Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast starts now. Hey, welcome back to Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Pat Perdue, and I'm glad you're here. And what a year it's been. Super glad to be back with you, actually. I took some time away from the podcast during this pandemic, and now that I am back, this is going to be a great show for you. So guess what? Things are opening up little by little. We have the pandemic on the run. People are thinking about what it's all going to be like when we can start calling things normal. One of those things is going to be weddings. Remember those? Lots of people, two of whom are pledging their lifelong love and devotion for each other. And then there's drinking and dancing and all around partying. Yeah, that was actually a thing. We did that. I know a few couples who have actually put off getting married because they want to have that thing. And now people are really starting to think about making it happen. Which brings us to our show today. Our guest happens to be one of the larger wedding entertainment companies in the New York, New Jersey area. So if you want to talk about big weddings, amazing entertainment, where the musicians are often Broadway performers, these are the folks who set that up. And this podcast is all about customer experience. So what is the one most intense customer experience situations around? It's got to be weddings, right? So our guest, Mike Salpa, has a really interesting take on how to deliver amazing customer experience when the stakes are really high. A little bit about Michael before we cut to the interview. Michael is managing partner at Elegant Music Group, based out of Montclair, New Jersey. In addition to his 18 years in the events and entertainment industry, Michael has a professional background in creative advertising. His work has been featured in Adweek, and BuzzFeed has called him hilariously clever. Michael, as you'll hear, is all about leveraging the experience of the customer to drive business growth and was selected to and is now a contributing member on the Forbes Business Council. Michael and I sat down late last year, pandemic in full swing, to talk about what it means to make sure everyone at the wedding is happy. Not so easy to pull off. We started our conversation with an overview of Michael's company, Elegant Music Group, and then we get more deeply into the process of creating a truly great wedding event. Here's my conversation with Michael Salpa from Elegant Music Group. Yeah, so I mean, Elegant Music Group, the scope of, of the company that brought us to this conversation today is by definition an events and entertainment company. We have um, a full roster of, of nine full-time DJs, five dance bands. One of them happens to be a premier Latin band. Uh, we have a roster of uh, 120 live musicians. And so, you know, we are directly involved in, in the entertainment and um, production of uh, close to 700 events a year. 
Now, with that, obviously, there are lots of little granule things that don't make its way to the masthead, right? So uh, that could be some video editing stuff. It could be audio engineering. There, there's lots of little things that sort of fall under that. Uh, and of course, my purview, in addition to being a musician, is to have the back-end marketing side and, and client experience side of that as well. So, you know, on the surface, people say, oh, you're cool. You're a DJ company. And it's like, okay, yeah, by definition, I, I suppose, you know. Um, but as you know, uh, having your own business, there's there's lots that goes into it. Absolutely. So I really want to zero in on your experience with wedding entertainment, because when we first spoke and talked about the complexity of customer or client experience in the wedding entertainment space specifically, I mean, talk about being in the weeds of having to keep a hugely diverse number of people happy. Sure. Um, I mean, look, (laughs) there's a couple of different things. Um, I think we, I have a very interesting purview or or outlook into this world uh, just by nature of of geography. You know, when we had first spoken, New Jersey is uh, sort of the mecca. It's the central hub of weddings. People spend more here on weddings and by extension have higher expectations and so on and so forth than pretty much anywhere in in the country, in in America, um, definitely in North America. uh, And it puts us right on par with places in in Southeast Asia or, you know, just big time weddings happen here. And so it's big business. And by extension, you know, like you said, you're trying to keep all of these people happy, probably more so here than than what we hear from colleagues uh, in other places of the country. Today's consumers, i.e. couples getting married, uh, especially in this area, view their wedding in many ways like a business. You know, it's a, it's a big money day. It is a chore that gets a lot of uh, input and a lot of attention to detail is is put into it. And so, you know, the stakes are the stakes are probably higher here uh, than I hear. You know, from uh, colleagues in other parts of the country. And so you're trying to juggle all of that. And, you know, when you say when I travel outside of uh, the tri-state, you know, m- metro New York uh, City area and you say, yeah, I own an entertainment company, I think it, do- it does. It almost doesn't carry as much weight when people have an understanding of what an entertainment company is elsewhere, um, simply due to the sheer volume and um, gravitas of, of our industry in this area. Right. And you have to get it right. You have one shot, one day, and it's got to be right. Correct. Well, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, people, like we always say, what we say and what we do, we, we find that our personnel on events are, are typically what we call like, you know, the captain of the vendor team, right? Because they're the ones with the microphone. They're the people that, that have the last sort of say or understanding of what's about to happen before it goes live into a microphone out to, to you know, three to 500 guests at your, at your wedding that you've dreamed about, you know, since you're a little kid. And so the, the pressure is high. You have to get it, you have to get it right, and you have to pare down on all of the little granular things that happen that I alluded to before on the on the back end that maybe is not the, um, the the sexiest part of what you market and what you talk to clients about, but it's all of those little things coming together, making a seamless event so that you have uh, you know this seamless integration, this great party that that happens, and everybody just thinks like, oh yeah, that DJ is just smooth. That's why it happened. You know, right? That's a lot, the trick. a lot happened behind the scenes to prompt the response. Oh yeah, that DJ is pretty smooth. Right. Exactly. Uh, well, let's lean into that a little bit and unpack some of that granularity. Is your key 
touch point person. Is it typically the bride? Is it typically an intermediary like a wedding planner or is it somebody's family? Uh, Yeah, a combination. It it can be all three of those things. Um, Most, I'd say 85% of the time, it's it's the couple themselves, whether that be the bride or the groom or, you know, whoever is going to be the... uh, the commandeering force of, of the wedding planning in that, uh, you know, in that pairing. Um, but we do have wedding planners that we deal with. We have, uh, intermediaries like, Hey, my sister's getting married and she currently lives in California. So I'm doing a little bit of the legwork. Um, you know, it's a, it's a smattering of all of those things. Okay. And share with me what a successful client experience really looks like. And I'm going to guess it's more than just, Wow, that DJ is really smooth. Like, what are all the touch points? Yeah, okay, that's a great question. So, a few things. Number one, I would say, and maybe this is my background as an educator as well, but the education that happens over the course of a 12 to 18 to 24 month life cycle of a client that they're with us, that is part of what's going to aid in. Uh, a great experience. When clients come to us, pretty much a majority of the time, one of the first questions out of their their mouth is, what are your packages? What do you cost? For whatever reason, people come with the preconceived notion that we are a package-based industry and business. My company, we don't have packages. Everything is a la carte. Uh, We sit down, we kind of pare down on what's a priority to everyone. There's a collaborative process up in the front, which I really think sets us apart and is part of the the experience. Even before you're a client, you're getting a a glimpse into what the experience is going to be like. And so there's that. And then the other thing too is we always ask our clients, and maybe it's a sales tactic, maybe it's not, but it is something that's very important to us is from the very first conversation, even if it's just we're, we're feeling each other out. What's important to you when it comes to entertainment? Tell us, tell us that. Now, it's a bit of a leading question because it puts people in that mindset of, gee, let me think about, to your point, even you yourself did it at the beginning of this call, you're thinking about the actual day of, right? You're exactly. thinking, of, you're thinking you're, about that's that. That's where you go, yep. And yeah, that's a very, very important part of what we do. It's not the only part. And that, to me, was a very eye-opening aha moment that we had as a company was our competitors or just our industry in general was focusing too much on the finish line and not enough on the race itself. And so a good client experience kind of educates that client up front as to what the next 15 months will look like. Uh, and I'm going with 15 months because that's sort of an average, but what do, what do the next 15 months look like? And then what are you investing in? You know, your your part of your experience is the peace of mind. And maybe I'm giving away something that I wanted to share later, but at the end of the day, we want to provide exceptional entertainment where you have a packed dance floor, you know, when it's safe to do so again, um, and everyone is dancing. But I mean, what entertainment company doesn't want that, right? I mean, what if you have an entertainment company that's that's not a priority, then you probably shouldn't be working with that company. So everybody's going to say that. So what is it that's going to set my company apart? And that is where we started to pare down and focus on what does that whole foot race of 15 months look like and what are the touch points that we're building and you know how can we be different than the rest and when i say the rest i don't mean it despairingly i mean the rest as in what this industry has always been uh, historically i'm guessing that every client would want something different some clients want to be more involved than others if it was me i would just like be look just make it fabulous i trust you we talked a little bit about it. 
I yep. expect everybody to show up on the day of, ready to go. What's the difference between that client and a, a client that would want to be more involved? Well, there's a lot that's different between the clients. I think the bigger talking point is as a business and as someone who's trying to, to pare down uh, on what a good client experience is, you have to be ready for both. And so, you know, part of what I've my own personal growth. I've, you know, we, we hit these points, these benchmarks in our life where we go, oh, wow, I didn't realize that over the last, you know, four years, this is really what I was learning. But I had one of those recently and I've become much better at systems and process thinking. And so in building our process, you know, how can we accommodate both the clients that come to us that want to be very involved and give us a 400 song playlist. And then the other ones, like you said, you would be where you just come and say, look, I trust in you guys, make it fabulous. And we're going to have a great time. How do we take two very different clients who, that are going to have two very different, um, experiences here, you would think in terms of like how many times they're reaching out to us and so on and so forth. And how do we have them walk away the day after their wedding or their event saying, oh my God, that was just that, that was the best experience that I've ever had. And it's building the processes. So to give you an example, um, our planning process, right, is how are we going to sit down and look at all of the details for your day? We have a very, very detailed system that was built out for that. The beauty of it is you can be as involved or uninvolved as you want. For the clients that want to be wedding planning every single day for two years until they say I do, they, they can do that with our system. For clients that don't want to touch it until we meet three months before their wedding where we sit down and we have what's called our finals meeting, then we'll sit down and go through that because we really only need about 60 minutes to really get the, 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 you know, the, the very, very important stuff. I think brands or businesses or uh, anyone responsible for this is look at the systems that you have built and is it accessible for every type of client that you're going to get? I often try to draw analogous situations Mm-hmm. to to different businesses. And this to me sounds like it's similar to sitting down to a really, really nice meal at a really nice restaurant. And you might, as, as a customer, you might be really involved in explaining what you want, or you might just tell your, your server, you know what, I've never been here before, just bring me something great. And there's so much risk inherent in that request, you know, because what could be great from the server's perspective may be an unfortunate surprise to the diner's perspective. Is that a risk that you ever run? And if so, what do you do about it? Yeah, that's a good question. It kind of reminds me, remember the um, the Choose Your Own Adventure books yes. right, where you yes. get to the bottom? It's uh, That in and of itself is the experience. I think, look, we have set up, okay, here are the minimum amount of touch points that we need to make sure our process and our um, confirmation details and all of those things, here is what we need. That's not up for debate. Everybody goes through that, right? But it's not, it, we're not talking about heavy lifting either. If you said to me today, I want to book Elegant Music Group, I would do that. I would send you you know, all of our stuff. If you didn't want to be involved, the next time we would talk would be for one hour, three months before your wedding. Then we would do a week of phone call, and then I'd show up at your event. So that at a bare bones minimum, everybody's going through that, and that's enough for us to throw a really good, solid party because our entertainers and our talent is really good. Our talent roster, I mean. You know, for the other people that want to be really involved, they are certainly welcome 
you know, to do that. So again, it's like building your system, choose your own adventure book. Uh, just make sure that you don't have a place where it leads to a, a ripped page, you know, make sure that yes. you have a way where you're funneling people the way that you need them to, but there is enough, um, opportunity within that customer lifecycle journey where they can apply their own meaning, assert their own choice and feel like they have a seat at the table. Awesome. Sounds so interesting and fraught with complexity. <laughs> and, and it's just a wedding, Pat. Just, just a, it's, well, you say, well, just a wedding, right? Right. But these are big deals. And your proximity to New York is really, really close. So you're dipping into business from New York City. You're dipping into business from Central and North Jersey. And also you're dipping into talent from New York as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, we, we definitely have, you know, that's the inherent problem with a business like ours when it comes to scaling it, right? And when I say scaling it, I don't mean upping the amount of events that we can do, because we can certainly do that. But I mean, I it's very difficult for my brand to become a national brand, because I just can't source the same talent roster in uh, Wiskokie as I can in, in New York City. And so um, we are very, very fortunate that, you know, most of our musicians have Broadway experience. I have players that play on Saturday Night Live. Um, I have jazz at Lincoln Center. I mean, these are these are formally trained big time musicians, you know, and that's one of the things that we are we are maniacal about our talent sourcing. Um, and that's another thing that I, I believe really sets us apart because, you know, a lot of companies in this industry came from the backgrounds of DJs who worked in bars and clubs and then, you know, did a great job at networking and so on and so forth and blinked and they're 40 or 50 and now they have a company. And that's uh, that's a big lay of the land here. Ours was a little bit more um, on purpose and and kind of sourced out with this live musician background to it. And so talent is something that's very, very important to us. And so, you know, it's not uncommon that, you know, your your string players that just played your wedding ceremony also, you know, can be seen at Jazz at Lincoln Center tomorrow night. So that's a that's a uh, something that's very fortunate about our geographical location. That's a huge bragging right. And also, speaking of complexity, that's another group of, I'm going to say, customers or clients that you also need to take care of. Having been a musician first, prior to me being a business owner, prior to me being a teacher, I was a musician, right? And so my partner, Mike, is also a musician, and we were freelancers. And one of the things that we promised to each other was we want to be a company where musicians want to be. We knew all of the things that we didn't like in our own experience, client experience, working with other people, whether it be them not paying on time or them not you know, paying what they said they were going to pay or the details not being um, formalized. And so you show up at a gig and you realize like, this is bedlam. We don't want this. And so we are constantly on that seesaw of making our clients happy, treating our talent well, making sure everybody's playing nice together. Um, it is. It's, it's a fascinating, fascinating thing, especially in the talent business, because you are juggling so many egos. And oh, I don't even sure. say that negatively. I mean, it just, it just comes, it just comes with the territory, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. it's very fascinating and uh, it definitely keeps us busy. Getting back to the wedding client, the wedding party client, setting the guardrails around what they need to come to the table with in order to ensure their event is successful. Is that something that's super challenging or have you pretty well cracked that code and it's just not something you worry about too much? Um, no, the guardrails have been set. So we, we are a bit of a legacy business in that the, the business, 
Elegant Music Group is one year older than I am. So I obviously, <laughs> I did not start this business. I was here as an employee and then we, we bought the business and we changed a lot. One of the things that's very important when you uh, start a 30-year-old business, so to speak, sure. is you know the, you, there are definitely things that we came in gung-ho about. We want to change. We want to, we're young. We want to move things around. You have to know when to pull your foot off that gas and look around and say, hey, we've been here for 30 years. What's working? And one of the things that was working to use your analogy, were the guardrails. The guardrails for our clients, the process by which we confirm talent, confirm the details, make sure that we show up, and on the fulfillment side was was uh, very good. And so there were a whole host of other things that we could have spent our energy on, and uh, we did. But So the guardrails were easy. One of the things that I felt we were really lacking was in this... Um, well, I'll just get into the story because I think you'll find sure. it interesting. So I was a band leader here. I, uh, my band joined this company. And when I started to market and brand my band, as, as you had read earlier in my bio, uh, it became a conduit, right? And the, the office, the company saw what I was doing and they said, hey, why don't you get more involved with our marketing? And I did. Um, and so to, to save a very long, boring story, I came up with um, our newest campaign that we still currently use. And the whole idea was your moment starts here. Because we realized that the thing, or at least to me, the inherent thing that was the, well, yeah, no, like, duh, this is, of course, people want the moments. They might not be able to articulate that when they're talking to you, but when they're talking about a packed dance floor and, you know, the culmination of 18 months of planning and two families coming together and two people, you know, starting their life together, they're really talking about a series of moments. And so your moment starts here. What became a fire under us was we realized that uh, the business had was it was like an old house sitting on a beautiful piece of property. The property was great. Uh, the house needed a lot of work, right? There were leaks and so on and so forth. And, you know, the talent roster was much different um, at that time before we bought it. Uh, the planning process was was good. It wasn't modernized. There was no client experience. We realized the company was really good at like upfront talking to clients, getting a contract, and then we'll see you again, you know, 15 months from now when we meet for the last time before your wedding. There was right. nothing in between. And these were things that we really wanted to fix. But the whole idea is, is that a moment, a day of moment is built on all of the systems and all of the confirmations and all of that boring under the hood business process stuff. And so I, here I am pushing your moment starts here and it really resonated in our marketing materials and you know leads were up and sales were up and, and it didn't sit well with me that I felt like we were selling an empty promise because all of those systems things on the back end were not as uh, buttoned up as I, I th felt they should be. Got it. You know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't even see Pat. I just went right off on a tangent. No, it was great. Super, <laughs> super interesting. There's so much I'd, I'd love to be able to unpack from that story. One is that, you know, simply the act of taking over a legacy company and maybe not, maybe rebranding is, is not the best word, but it's, it's a, almost like a relaunch with, sounds like different talent. Uh, different messaging, and also different internal processes to make sure that everything stays on track. Yeah. I mean, here is here. You, you, I, you've you've uh, expressed great interest in our correspondence into the back end of the wedding industry. And, you know, it's uh, 
it is a kind of a fascinating place, especially in New Jersey, which we were just talking about before you hit record. You know, New Jersey has shows made about it because we are very New Jersey. There is a certain element of that. Obviously, like uh, anywhere that you go, there is truth in the uh, in the stereotype, right? And so we definitely have an element of that, but there's, there's more... Uh, than, than meets the eye. However, um, the, the legacy part of this industry was uh, we inherited a very pay-to-play situation on the back end where, you know, 30 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, 20 years ago, before digital marketing and all of these things, mm-hmm. uh, businesses like mine were so dependent on the venues for leads because there was no way to for a bride to find out about my business unless they went to the venue, which, you know, they knew because everybody got married at this venue. And then once there, the venue would say, hey, here's a list of people to go and talk to, uh, you know, for your your flowers and your limos and your bands and whatever. And so it, it led uh, to a very, very shady backdoor, literally like meeting in parking lots, cash in envelopes, whatever. That was another thing that as a younger guy coming in, I'm going, well, we have the internet. Like if we have, <laughs> we have better <laughs> SEO and PPC and like, I, we don't have to do any of that, you know? So we, uh, we just, we were, we were angry young men, so to speak, right? We had so much that we wanted to fix and change and we felt very passionately about it. And so being of the same age of our clients, right? Uh, being, we all were getting married ourselves. It was very simple for us to say, well, what would we want our experience to be? Right. Mm -hmm. And so we started to think about, well, what, what would it be like if you went to your entertainment company and then all of a sudden there's some sort of like tie in here with food or uh, a fragrance company or, you know, a barber shop or all of these things that clients aren't experiencing. Like if I went to a place and they said, Hey, yeah, we're your jeweler, but Oh, by the way, you know, we have cigar night where you can come and we have cognac and everybody's watching the game. Like even if I don't go, it's part of that whole, like, Oh, that's pretty neat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so we started to build brand partnerships and, and all of these things were very important to building out. Like I said, what is that foot race? Um, because, our client base is one time, right? We're not a, a retail store. I listened to a recent episode of yours where you're talking with a retail specialist where brands are trying to build affinity and love and uh, consistency over the course of, you know, we, uh, a customer's life. We want you always coming back. Look, if you, if, I mean, obviously the statistics aren't on our side, but the idea that we tell our clients is you only get married once, right? And so we have one time, we have 20 months together, and then we want you to always remember us fondly. And so what can we do between now and the finish line to make sure that that happens? And that was really the antithesis uh, of our our beginning, an hour meaning the new ownership group. Very cool. Very cool. So, So when you approached that, you had an insider's view of right. weddings and all of that because you had been freelancing already. So, so oftentimes, you know, presumably these are your clients first time down the aisle, yep. you know, so they've never done this before. They don't have, they don't have the benefit of that insider's perspective. Do they often come to you with a perception of, Hey, you know, this is what I want. I really want to focus on the day. That's what they think they want. But in your sort of doctors, your wedding event, Mm -hmm. doctors mentality, you're like, "Mm, you know what? (laughs) Self-diagnosis doesn't really work. This is actually the thing that you do want. What's fill in those blanks for me? Uh, The thing that clients think they want uh, is they want a good 
DJ, they want a good band, they want a good time, right? When when we always ask that question of tell us what's important to you, literally, I can't tell you how many times clients will look at each other, their their significant other, and kind of shrug and say, um, I don't know, everybody to dance, you know? <laughs> yep. And what they really want, and and they, they would never know this on meeting one, they would know it the day after their wedding when we when we talk again, is they want peace of mind, right? They want peace of mind to know that the moments are going to be there. And how do you do that? I mean, I don't have enough time to sit here on a, on a call with them in an hour and talk about like our very boring confirmation process. But it's this idea of, look, my business has been around for 30 years. We have an outstanding uh, reputation because we care about our clients. We do all of the little things right. We don't let things slip through the cracks. And really what you're doing along the way is peace of mind. You know, if I showed up, Pat, if you, if you were my client, you were a groom, and I took you through our planning process, by the time we get to your actual wedding, remember, the thing that is supposed to be the most important thing, and also the thing that when you and I first talk is going to be the most important thing, if if I bring you through our client experience and our planning process and give you, um, I'm always available to you, you always feel like you're never chasing me down to get back to you on an email or a phone call or whatever. If I do all of those things right, by the time that we get to your your event and I have to perform, if I'm a little under the weather or I'm just as a performer having an off night or I, you know what, I know personally I didn't do as good of a job as I could have, it's not going to matter because you're going to walk away going, oh my God, that Mike at EMG, he was the best. And of course, we don't, we're not shooting for mediocrity. That's not the point. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is that clients think they want a packed dance floor and they just want to have a good time. They want peace of mind to know that they don't have to worry about anything and that it's all going to pay off in the end. And you might have the best show in the world, but right. if everybody's flipping out because they're not sure if the details are looked after and somebody has to verify somebody's name and some right. there's some cracks in the cracks in the foundation. Yeah, and we make it a point, you know, I don't we don't speak ill of other companies, right? We only talk about our company. And so like when we get to our meeting where we're sitting down and um, let's say your last name, Purdue, it's a very easy name, but let's just say I had to spell it phonetically. And for whatever reason, uh, I, phonetically, I wanted to write P-U-R-D-O, right? Sure. Purdue. When I'm sitting here with clients and they go, no, 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 that's not how you spell it. And I say, no, 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 I'm writing it phonetically so that I can I can enunciate and, and speak it. They go, oh, that's so important. You know, I was at my cousin's wedding and they butchered the names, oh, this and that, you worst, know, right? and it's like, it's those little things that along the way, what's it doing? It's you're you're trading in trust, right? You're 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 going up, you're gaining more uh, trust of your client, and you're you're buying more of that piece, of, their peace of mind, so to speak. Really interesting. And so let's think about the future. You know, right now we're sitting in COVID, and so everything's sort of sort of on hold. But as you cast your mind into the future of wedding events and the wedding entertainment after the wedding, the, the reception, mm -hmm. what's on the horizon that's going to be transformative or that's, that's going to make a difference versus how it looked 10 years ago? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good question, and I think that I could try to pretend to be the smartest person and the most forward-thinking person that you've ever talked to in the wedding industry and tell you <laughs> that things like um, you, you could know, be. 
VR live streaming and all of these things. Look, at the end of the day, yeah, I think businesses change on the day to day and there will be things that are are mildly different. At the end of the day, people have been having entertainment at their wedding for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years because at the, you know, human beings are uh, innately social people. We want to have celebratory moments in life and uh, I think how we get people to that booking, that decision to, to work with this company over that company or whatever, that might be all well and good and changing. And I think COVID has taught us that, you know, virtual is going to have a, a bigger piece uh, at the table. But I also could tell you about weddings that have happened here in New Jersey now, uh, tented weddings that are okay because they're outside. And and you look around and you're like, wow, people just have a complete lack of discipline for, okay. for social distancing <laughs> guidelines. But I think it's, it's rooted in the idea that like at the end of the day, people are yearning for Let's go back to the way it used to be and, and oh, yes. why why that might never happen for a brick and mortar retail store. Um, people are still going to dance. People are still going to get together and, and, and want to celebrate life's moments. And it's, so the biggest change um, for me that I'm looking at on the horizon is I know weddings are going to happen. I'm interested to see Gen Z when they're, you know, they're around 21, 22 right now in five, between five and 10 years when they are the predominant uh, sector of the audience that we're selling to, because we're, we're pretty much still dealing with uh, millennials right now. Yep. But that Gen Z crowd it presents an interesting challenge because they're thrifty, they shop differently, um, they're growing up with their life having always been on social media. And so I still think that there's going to be a portion of it where, especially in my area of the country, where people want to sh- be showy and, and have the better wedding than their cousins or their sisters or whatever the case may be. Um, I think that that's, uh, that's going to present some very interesting challenges and our client experience is going to have to shift because my client base is going to shift. Uh, but outside of that, I still think people are going to dance and I don't know if there's going to be uh, some earth shattering shifts in the next 10 years. Well, I love the thought that people are still going to come together, dance to live music or dance to a DJ because it's the, it's the thing we do as a species, right? It's just, it's one of the funnest things that we can do is party. Yeah, exactly. And uh, people want to want to experience uh, things together. Before I said, when we were the angry young men and we came in guns blazing, you have to realize what's working too. And so a lot of businesses right now are shifting and changing, sweeping changes because, you know, goodbye, goodbye to brick and mortar, goodbye to the way things used to be. For our business, I say hold because at the end of the day, people still want to connect. And yeah, Zoom is great, but people want to connect. And like you said, it's fun. If you have good music and a good party and uh, you know you have that peace of mind, you're, you're building moments. And it doesn't matter if you're millennials, Gen Z, people are, are always going to want to do that. Awesome. Well, Michael, I can't think of a better spot to end our conversation than on that note. And uh, I really want to thank you for spending some time on the pod today. It's been super, super interesting to talk to somebody who's really, you know, your business when it's, you know, in the traditional thing, COVID notwithstanding, it's really in the crosshairs of providing an outstanding customer or client experience and either you do it or you don't. And it sounds like you guys have figured out how to do it. Well, thanks for having me, Pat. I, uh, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, I know that you're only 18, but when you get married, I will, <laughs> I, I would be happy to provide the entertainment for you. Awesome. Sounds, sounds like something we should plan for. <laughs> thanks again for Great. joining the show. Thanks. 
And that was my conversation with Michael Salpoff from Elegant Music Group. I love that interview for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is he really knows this stuff, but also because his entire business is about to get nuts as more areas open up, more COVID restrictions are lifted, and more people get married and then party like it's 1999. I'm going to leave his contact information in the show notes just in case you want to be part of that. All right, wherever you are, I hope you are well, and I hope you are casting your gaze to those days in the not-too-distant future when we'll get to do normal things like you know, go to weddings. I'm Pat Perdue, and this has been Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. Thanks for listening.